0: into betting lines or sports gambling or things like that. So I don't know what the line will be Sunday when the Lions come to Heinz Field and don't really care. And I don't really care about Detroit either. I do care that the home team has a lot to do simply by looking in the mirror. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Where you found this? This offense isn't good enough. This defense isn't good enough. These special teams aren't good enough. This coaching hasn't been good enough. Even the effort in a weird kind of way hasn't been good enough. Have I pretty much covered everything? I mean, none of it's been good enough. Regardless of the opponent, regardless of the venue. And when I say that, I don't mean good enough by the standards of some dominant AFC contender. I'm not being naive here. I don't think the Steelers are equipped for that, certainly not with this offensive line, certainly not with the injuries that they have and the recurring issues on defense in particular in that regard, meaning, you know, you need Stephon Tuitt back in order to be a really, really outstanding defense. I'm saying that just within what they actually have, I can't stress this often enough. I believe this team, from a pure performance standpoint, continues to underperform its talent level. I get my head bit off every time I say that, and I'm sorry, I'm standing by it. Because I don't look at, let's say, for example, Chase Claypool and everything that he can do, and then look at his production and say, oh, yeah, that's about right. I don't look at Deontay Johnson and his route-running ability and say, yeah, yeah, these these stats, these kind of make sense to me. Nor, for that matter, do I look at either of those guys in a vacuum and say it's entirely on them. There's got to be more than one element to that connection. And in that sense, no, Ben hasn't been his best self either. And you can choose to dismiss all of those things by saying, well, Ben's old, this is what you're going to get. And maybe you're right, but I don't have to believe that. I don't have to agree with that. I see enough good from Ben that I believe it's still in there. I believe there can be a measure of greater consistency, But, continuing the backward thread here, what would make Ben a better quarterback? What one thing more than anything else? Right. Consistency from the offensive line. Having time to survey the field. I will take Ben Roethlisberger over any quarterback in the AFC North when he has time. When he has the willingness, no, the eagerness to seek out multiple options. He currently doesn't do that. He's pretty much taken it off of his palate. Ben will step back, find his guy, either release or not release. But you're not going to see him go, huh, let's see what the other option is. Nope, that guy's covered, check down. This guy's covered, next play, check down. That's what I mean when I say not release. And that's what you're seeing from this offense. Is that entirely on Ben? Hell no. That's on the O-line. Can they be better? I mean, that to me is the hardest question to answer. I thought they were getting better. Past tense. And then the Bears came into town and blew them to pieces. So the offense, yeah, it's got work to do. This was Matt Canada yesterday. Yeah, I think that you know we didn't do as good a job with the line of scrimmage as we had hoped. We had some some bigger runs, you know, we had five plus ten runs, which is a positive. But we didn't, we didn't control the line of scrimmage. You know, we didn't have the attrition through the game that I think we had seen in the in the prior game. So that was disappointing. So um, how we fix it, we just have to do better. You know, all of us have to be better. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you. By Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, or whether a flexible hybrid format might be something that works for you. Find out about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, the defense, that's a different discussion, and yet in the same spirit. The defense has significant work to do, I feel, on its own consistency. The offense, I believe, just has another level to reach. The defense just needs to stop messing up strange things out of nowhere. You know what I'm talking about? If not, Listen to Joe Schobert explain this yesterday. It was really good. We're playing well, but we just have to execute full 60 minutes better. There's, there's just a couple times throughout the game at various spots on the defense, the line backers and the defensive backs where there's just a, like Coach G says, a popcorn mistake. Like, It's a my bad, popcorn my bad, where one guy just has a brain fart on one play um, and that allows a big play for the other team. We just have to focus on eliminating those. Everybody has to stay locked in and focused for the whole 60 minutes. That popcorn term, that's a Mike Tomlin special. It's one of his better sayings. What he's referencing there, if it isn't obvious, is that popcorn itself, the execution of popcorn in your popcorn maker, is very unpredictable. Kernels just fly all over the place. You have no control of it, and you don't expect it. You think it's done. You think it's just sitting there, and there goes another one. That's... What's been going on with this defense? That's the third quarter of the game against the Seahawks where you go, What? Seattle's fourth-string running back did what? 110 yards? That's what you saw against the Bears with the secondary, although I believe a lot of that was schematic in terms of its failure. But it's one thing after another, and it's not really – following any pattern. This is different. This is different. This does have to do with individual player performance. Of course it does. Everything does when you're talking about professional team sports. But I also feel like this has something to do with the lack of a really defined identity. The way the team had both in 2019 and 2020 on the defensive side. If you think about what those groups were, they were all about the takeaway. They were all about, we are just going to savage the other team's quarterback. We don't care what you try to do to us. Nothing that you do as an opponent even matters to us. We are going to put a target on your quarterback's chest, and we will win the game that way. We're either going to bring him down, cause takeaways in your backfield, or we're going to force your quarterback into doing stupid things, and we're going to take it away in our secondary. That was it. That was it. And then Buffalo happened, and everyone loved Buffalo, meaning the opener this season. Everyone loved what happened to the Bills, and it was. I'm not going to take it back. Really, really smart. There's no way that Josh Allen and company saw coming that the Steelers would stick with a four-man rush on all but two plays the entire day. But that is what happened. And Allen and Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and everyone else on the Buffalo side had no answer for it because they had spent, because it was the opener, Probably weeks and months planning for this game and planning for the Steelers to do exactly what the Steelers to do. And and the Steelers went out there and did something completely different. Great. Wonderful. Worked once. Let it go. Start going after teams again. No, you don't have Bud Dupree on the right side. Alex Highsmith's been just kind of okay. No, you don't have Mike Hilton, Arthur Millette and... Hilton's various replacements have been less than okay, especially Mallette when he's exposed in deep coverage as he was against the Bears. But you have more than enough to get back there. You have enough players in your secondary who are capable of coming up on corner blitzes, of trying different things. None of this happens right now. None of this happens. This defense has become Buffalo-level static. The only difference is there's no surprise element anymore. There just isn't. The inside linebackers never blitz. The corners never blitz. The safeties, I don't think I've seen either Minka Fitzpatrick or Terrell Edmonds blitz maybe like a handful of times in the past two years. I don't see any stunting happening with the outside linebackers the way we saw uh, in the preseason and in training camp, and it was really exciting. Some of that's because Melvin Ingram's not around, and Ingram was able, really effective at it, by the way, at coming to the inside and stunting. You don't see any of that. You don't see any of that. So what do you do? Just give up? That's it. We're done. That's got to become this team's identity again. And you can't wait. On Steph to come back to pull that off because for all we know he might not come back start getting after the quarterback again get back there figure out a way get this defense an identity again that will bring on your consistency and no, I'm not getting into the special teams. I don't know anything about special. Who knows anything about special teams except the special teams coach, right? When we come back just one question. And today's J1Q comes from Lou. Says, is Alex Highsmith having 1.5 sacks so far unacceptable? This is why I felt trading Ingram was stupid. It can't be all Hayward and TJ. They need two more guys, Tewitt and Highsmith, for this to work correctly and go somewhere. You know, Lou, it's a fair point. I mentioned Toit, but Highsmith's got to be able to produce splash at that position. When you're playing in the 3 4 defense, uh, it's required. It's not optional. Nobody looks for you to be a consistent contributor or anything innocuous like that when you're a 3 4 OLB. And so far, Highsmith has the 1.5 sacks. He does have 14 tackles for loss, which is a decent number through seven games played. He does not have a forced fumble. He does not have a fumble recovery. He does not have a pass defense. He does not have an interception. So the splash component has been missing. Uh, Not entirely, but close to it. And it's not good enough. When I look at Highsmith and try to zero in on him, during the game, meaning live, when it's happening. You don't see him getting eaten up. You don't see him getting, like, swallowed, like the way, for example, poor Jarvis Jones was. But you also don't see him completing the play. And this reminds me, in a way, of early Bud. Bud Dupree was so close it was something I remember vividly TJ Watt and I talking about 3 years ago at training camp he just said "watch bud is right there" we went over all the film bud should have had XXX number of sacks i'm telling you he's going to break out this year well you know what bud did but this is different i i, I don't when when bud was missing on his plays it was because of over pursuit it was because he was almost too athletic too good and too eager and he would overshoot the quarterback. You know what I'm talking about. You can picture it in your head. Highsmith, it's more like he's he's getting there, and he's getting there a little late, but not because of any overshoot. He's just not the athletic freak that Bud was, and we all knew that. We all knew that. So what kind of player can he be? He can be what were those terms i was just throwing around <laughs> he can be that consistent steady this and that and seal the edge on the rush and be smart and follow your assignments and when it's needed drop into coverage but i, I not of the mind that there's some like way up here additional level to his play And I always felt that way with Bud and said so, even when it was unpopular. I don't see that with Highsmith. I do think he's going to end up with better numbers than what he's got. I do think he's going to have occasional splash. He's had it in the past. And I know, not think, I know he's going to eventually benefit from the extra attention that gets focused on TJ on the other side. You know, dude, (laughs) it's getting dark outside. This is your second year. Break through a little bit. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one on Monday after the game against the Lions, which you know and I know will be a nail-biter, right?